We are continuing our coverage of the crisis in the United States, armed insurrection in the nation's capital, and the promise of attacks uh, on capitals in 50 uh, states across the United States beginning as early as this weekend. What I'd like to do now is to um, just welcome, let's welcome first our next guest, Jody David Armar, who is the Roy P. Crocker Professor of Law at the University of Southern California, where he has been a member of the faculty since 1995. His expertise ranges from personal injury claims to claims about the relationship between racial justice, criminal justice, and the rule of law. He studies the intersection of race and legal decision making as well as torts and tort reform movement. He's a widely published scholar and popular lecturer. He often appears as a legal analyst on uh, major television networks, also on radio. And uh, Jody David Armour, welcome. Great to be back with you. All righty. What we're going to do. Um, uh, Dr. Hummer, I know you as Jody. Sorry to be so yeah, informal. Sorry. Jody, fine, <laughs> Okay, let's just go to a clip of the award-winning journalist Carl Bernstein uh, giving some analysis about this stain will cling, uh, cling to Trump. There's deafening silence from a number of Republicans or there are Republicans who are saying there just isn't enough time. There isn't enough time for impeachment. There isn't enough time for a 25th Amendment. What do you say to them? Look, one way or another, the stain of what has happened is going to uh, cling to Donald Trump's person and his movement forever in history. The important thing at this moment is to make sure that in his state of utter madness, that he is constrained, that he is put in a constitutional straitjacket, that he cannot do further damage to the interests of the United States and the safety and health and welfare of its people and its constitution, whatever that takes. And it's damn time for McConnell, McCarthy, and the others in Pence to say that's what needs to be done. But something else is really, I think we need to look at a bigger picture here, and that mm -hmm. is to that really Donald Trump is the enemy of the constitutional republic that is the United States of America. That's the meaning of what happened uh, in this insidious uh, insurrection that was inspired and encouraged an attack on the capital of the United States government, encouraged by the president of the United States at the very moment that the Congress was counting the ballots to elect the legitimate president of the United States. That's what occurred here. This yeah. is something that needs to be addressed in terms of its seditious reality, in terms of really who he most represents in some ways is the secessionist president of the Confederate States of America, Jefferson Davis, because Trump has taken his movement and himself out of the equation of the legitimate governing, uh, governance of the United States of America. And He's no longer part of the, of the United States of America. He has really seceded himself and his movement from who we are as a country. All righty. So, um, Jody, that clip there from CNN. But, you know, Jody, your expertise in the the relationship between racial justice and the rule of law, the intersection of race and legal decision making. 
first, let's start with your reaction um, to what happened, because the whole world actually saw, uh, had to, we would hope, recognize that if these were Black Lives Matter protesters, not only would they have gotten nowhere near the Capitol, but any attacks that we saw on police or, or otherwise, people just would have been shot down and killed. Um, uh, Professor Jody yeah. Elmer. There's no question there would be a lot of body bags and toe tags all over D.C. right now if instead of white supremacist um, protesters and activists, you had Black Lives Matter activists and their allies involved in this action. This was really a natural experiment for the world, you know, that you rarely get. You have six months ago, you could see what was going on if the streets of the U.S. were roiling with protesters against the destruction of black lives, the willful destruction without care. And then six months roughly later, here we have another uh, set of people who, let's call them generously for now, um, um, rioters or protesters right now, you know, insurrectionists, we give them a lot of names. But let's say um, we're going to call them rioters right now. And we got to see when how the police respond differently to two different groups who are acting in ways that are disruptive, that are viewed as disruptive. But when it came to the D.C. disruptors, the police, remember, their unions across the nation were big supporters of Donald Trump. The rank-and-file police departments, when they do polls of them, rank-and-file officers are big supporters of Donald Trump. So when it came to policing their political soulmate and their political activity, even when it came to rushing into the, uh, the, the, you know, the corridors of power, we saw how different they responded uh, that, to them than to people who they viewed as some kind of ideological adversaries because they were trying to hold them to account. And, 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 and you can't have a clear, natural experience, just uh, experiment. Just juxtapose just those two pictures, right? And now there, there'll be a lot of deniers out there who will continue to deny it, but it, you rarely get something like this in history where the, and the time is short enough that you can really put them side by side and see this is us, this is America, this is who we are. Right, so all that business about this is this is not who we are. And Jody, I must say, in talking with people in other countries who, of course, are very alarmed by what they saw, but they're also talking about the hypocrisy of the the thought that, that the United States, they go around fomenting this kind of activity, for example, in Haiti and other places and coups, you know, around the world. Uh, but when it happens uh, right in, in the United States, uh, they are shocked to the bone. Well, a lot of people are not shocked. And some people are even saying, well, the coup this year is homegrown as opposed to internationally. But uh, Jody, you likely recall, as I do, when the leadership of, of Black Lives Matter um, received information, were visited by the FBI to say that their names were on a list. Um, meanwhile, prior to that, there was an, an attempt and actually Black Lives Matter was named as a terrorist uh, organization to be uh, investigated. 
And meanwhile, all of the warnings of these far-right militias, these white supremacists, this QAnon conspiracy theory that some people did say, this is the greatest terrorist threat uh, to the United States, basically ignored uh, by the Trump administration. But not only that, a number of people in our community and indeed across the world refer to Donald Trump as the white supremacist in chief. And if, if you look at the the, the violent mob, the insurrectionist rioters, whatever name you want to call them, and, and see who they are, and Trump basically saying, we love you, right, uh, giving yeah. giving his approval. Just your reaction and response. Um, that Joe. Yes, exactly, and it, it focuses my attention once again on something that we too, too often overlook, when we zero in on Trump, we have to zero in on Trump because he's such a threat. He's so dangerous, right, in his own right. But he is also a symptom, right? He is not just an Even in 2016, you had a lot of people thinking that maybe he was an aberration. Oh, the Russians may have produced, must have produced Trump. You know, this couldn't be us. And then in 2020, we see there's still 75 million Americans who are ready to get behind, you know, a lot of this, um, you know, madness that we're seeing, you know, a lot, a lot of this, um, you know, uh, uh, stuff that seems to us to shock the conscience, but a lot of our countrymen and countrywomen are ready to roll with this particular president, right? And that should give us pause. I don't always just focus on, for example, when Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman, my attention wasn't just on whether George Zimmer, what happened to George Zimmerman. I focused on him, yes, but I didn't like him. What, what bothered me just as much was the jury saying that what George Zimmerman did was okay. The jury speaking for the public, speaking for all of us. And by the same token, I, Donald Trump is kind of a George Zimmerman character to me. I, I see him as a, you know, as definitely a bad actor, but I'm also looking at the people who elect him, who cast ballots for him, who support him and uphold him, and what that says about the kind of nation we are and the pitched battle for the soul of this nation going forward. We're far from out of the woods just because Democrats now run the, the House, Senate, and Oval Office, right? This is still a very, very... Um, pitch battle for who we are. Yeah, and uh, Jody, in the discussion earlier with Congresswoman Maxine Waters, I mentioned concern about attacks on people of color, black people in particular. We saw in downtown LA, you likely heard of the um, woman and the man, a, a black woman, a black man who was a beaten, uh, attacked and severely beaten by a, a, a mob of Trump supporters. And there are a lot of people like myself and my family, I worry you know, about my family because you do feel like a sitting duck. You do feel as though you never know what these people are gonna do because the, the racism and the anti-Semitism, uh, clearly, I mean, somebody with a, a T-shirt saying Camp Auschwitz was was seen and, and the kinds of chants, uh, racist as well as anti-Semitic chants. So given the fact that there are now threatening, right on Martin Luther King weekend, by the way, uh, to broader uh, armed attacks on the capitals across the country. But one also has to wonder about our communities and, and people very worried about 
defending ourselves and defending our loved ones and defending our communities. Any thoughts on what you think needs to happen next on the uh, on the legal front? Um, and any any other uh, closing thoughts that you might have, Professor Jody well, Armour? Thank you. Yes. Uh, ju- just on the, the legal front, because everything you're saying is spot on. You know, my dad used to say you scratch the skin of a racist and you find an anti-Semite right under there, right, right under the surface and, and vice versa. And so, yes, they, they are, you know, uh, showing the hateful side of America. There's a lot of support for that hateful side of America. It's not just Trump. He's a symptom. He's like a runny nose. Trump is a, is a runny nose. But he, he, he's a symptom of a much thicker body politics in a lot of ways. My, from a legal standpoint, I just would caution this, uh, and this is the civil libertarian in me jumping out, you know, at a moment like this. Sometimes okay. we, we see these bad actors, and we want to we do something like say, you know, uh, get them off of Twitter, uh, crack down on anything that they'll say, and recognize and call them terrorists and come up with an anti-terrorism bill. And what I worry about with all of that is they turn that on us, you know, the black identity extremists. As soon as they can start labeling people terrorists, they turn it on marginalized communities like us. As soon as they can start, you know, finding ways to um, to crack down on free speech and and, and take people away. You know, without Twitter, Black Lives Matter as a movement would have been much less vital. You know, but if if you give the power to people who are, private corporations to start, you know, uh, taking Black Lives Matter, for example, off of Twitter, it would be devastating. So we have to be a little cautious about giving power to these entities to cut down on our freedom of expression, our freedom to protest, uh, even though we, we really despise what this particular president is doing. Right. Well, on that note, uh, we are going to have to leave it there. Jody David Armour, uh, professor of law at the University of Southern California. Thank you so much for your work, uh, Jody, and for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark.